We know what it says in Exodus 22. You shall have no other gods before me. Your career, your spouse, your children, your car, your house, no other God before him. Nothing should go before. You should always give God glory first thing in the morning. Don't worship graven images. Go to Exodus, Exodus 20. I'm reading from Exodus 20. Don't have graven images or idols before him. Don't misuse his name in vain. That's another thing people got to, oh, stop doing that. You're supposed to call on God when you, because you're intimate with him, because you, because you have a respectful relationship with him. When you go before him, first of all, we go before him with reverence. God, I love you. God, I trust you. God, I need you. Not call, calling on him and using him in a conversation and along with profane words. We don't do that. Don't use his name in vain. Keep his day holy. Exodus, I'm reading from the book of Exodus, Exodus 2 through 5. Keep his day holy. A lot of us, our prayer life, we don't know how to build it up because we haven't been in a place where, and we have a place of worship where you are trained. See, the church is supposed to train you how to pray. The church is supposed to train you how to stay in the practice of prayer. The church should be training you how to stay in the practice of reading the word. The church should be training you how to stay in the practice of fasting. So, but when you don't go to the house of worship, when you fret yourself amongst the brethren, you lack those skills to help you build yourself up. That's why it's important that we find a place of worship that's teaching the word of God. Because iron sharpens iron. When we all get together, oh, what somebody may don't know or what somebody may be more experienced in, you're able to share that. So that we can sharpen one another to continue to run this race. Seeking God brings you blessings. I spoke about this already. I'm just going through my notes now as they come along. In Deuteronomy 11, Deuteronomy 11, write that down. Chapter 11 of Deuteronomy, God promises to bless his people if they obey his laws. And if, uh, and if, of course, uh, if the people disobey, there's curses. There's blessings and curses. But God tells us, if you obey me, there's going to be blessings. If you disobey God, there's going to be curses. For everything that you do, there's going to be a repercussion. You reap what you sow. You reap good, you're going to get good. You, uh, Excuse me, you sow good, you're going to reap a uh, uh, good. You sow bad, you're going to reap bad. So you have to be mindful of this, that there are curses and blessings. Obey God, you will be blessed. Disobey, you will be cursed. God commands us to worship him. And he commands us to do it particularly through prayer. First Thessalonians 5.17. First Thessalonians 5.17. Through prayer. It's through that prayer. Once again, you can't deny that prayer. You've got to stay in that prayer closet. You've got to seek the, the Father's face. You have to pray continuously. Pray without ceasing. Fellowship. Fellowship. God blesses us through fellowship. And we can see that in Hebrews chapter 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, we're supposed to be there for one another as the believers. We're supposed to make sure that we're keeping one another encouraged. We're supposed to make sure that we're praying one for another. That was Hebrews chapter 10, 
24 through 25. Make sure, make sure that we are keeping ourselves surrounded by men and women of God, by our sisters and brothers in Christ, so that we can continue. When we get together, it, sh- it shouldn't be no uh, gossiping. It shouldn't be no criticizing. No tea- we clicks. I know people don't like that. Oh, that's just my friend. If you're saying somebody's just your friend and then you see another sister or brother standing there and you say, oh, no, this seat just for us or this table just for us, that's a click. No, we don't do that in the body of Christ. We're all included. We include everybody. Come on in. There's room at the altar for all of us. There's room at the cross for all of us. Don't deny anybody because you feel they dress different than you. They talk different. They come from a different demographic or whatever. Stop all that foolishness. If I say I'm a believer and you say you're a believer, come on, let's believe together. Come on, let's walk this walk together. Come on, let's pray for one another, strengthen one another. We got to come up out of the foolishness thing. We got to come on. We got to get higher. We got to come up high. Jesus is coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. We better get it together. Everybody, oh, Lord, come, Lord, come. He said, I'm coming for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. If we get it right, he'll come on back. But we got to get it right. Start with the clicks. There are a vast array of responsibilities and pressures. And it is hard to sometimes find that uninterrupted worship. And it may seem hard to do it. But Jesus said to us, worship is an all day response and being in a relationship with God. It's an all day response. It's a natural outpouring and it's a priority that begins with God. It's a, it's, it's worship. It's something that we don't have to always just interrupt and, you know, oh, no, my schedule doesn't allow me to. No, you in your heart. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk Uh, along the road when you lie down and when you get up tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates see when we do these things remember the no weapon banner i don't know i don't know any person that wasn't born uh raised up in deliverance that does not have uh, uh uh no weapon banner that was one of those things that you had to make you remember, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So when we travel, you put it in your car, you put it in your house. You, you, And that was once again to bring your attention back to the power of God protecting you and covering you. That no weapon that's going to be formed, it's going to form, but it will not prosper. You carry it around your Christ is the answer because you use that button. We saw that button and it gave us a mind. See, people, people got stuff twisted. Oh, this was to distinguish us and make us. And no, it wasn't to distinguish you. The button was given to you so that you can remember that Christ is the answer. So when you get to crying because you feel like you ain't making enough money to get what you want, you can realize Christ is the answer. When somebody, you in a relationship, keep going upside your head and you keep sitting there, whatever, and you don't know what to do. And you saw that button, Christ is the answer. When you were in a stupor and you felt like, okay, I, I need a relief. Let me go to my alcohol. But you had that Christ is the answer button sitting on your counter somewhere or, or pinned onto a suit that you wore to a crusade. It was to remind you you didn't need the alcohol. You don't need the drugs because what? Christ is the answer. See, people got something. Ooh, I need to write the book 
When I write the book, Lord, I tell you it's going to be a bestseller. People had stuff twisted up in deliverance. They thought it was about a man and it wasn't about a man. It was about the one and only true man, which was the son of God. It was about his divine power, his delivering power to set us free. And God used a vessel and put him here on earth for a certain amount of time to bring the people's attention back to God, not to him, but back to God. But a lot of people lost it. They didn't even get it. The button, Christ is the answer. It wasn't telling you about a person being, talking about the most high, the son of God. That's what it was about. Let me move on. Let me move on. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Come on. We're going to get this thing out. You know what? Don't nobody else want to go up high. I want to go up high. Lord, I'm asking you to take me high. I don't want to stay back where I was 30 years ago. I want to come up high. Yeah, I started in ministry when I was 14 years old, but I don't want to have a 14-year-old mind state. I want to be able for God to mature me now, to move me to another level in him now. Y'all better get this thing. You better reach out for it and grab it while while it's being offered to you. It's It's free. Just open your hand, open your mind and your understanding and receive it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hearing from God requires solitude. I talked about that already just a little bit, but it talks once again how Jesus went into his uh, uh, solitary moments with God. He had a place. Uh, Jesus, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. Look at Luke chapter uh, 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Let me tell you something. When you really want to, uh, uh, for the Lord to use you, you're going to have to get by yourself. You're going to have to cut, you're going to have to cut away. I'm going to say this to you, and this might hurt a little bit. This might hurt a little bit. Some of us were tied into things, relationships. I'm talking about human beings or whatever. And God had to sever those things because God had, an assignment on your life. He wanted you to do what you needed to do, but your attention was focused on that man. Your attention was focused on that woman. It may have been a child. It may have been an organization. And God had to sever and move that thing. He had to get it out of your way. And you might feel like, oh, I'm lonely. Oh, I don't have that anymore. I don't have this person anymore. I'm telling you, this is a time for you to draw nigh unto God. God had to pull that thing out or pull it away. And sometimes it may, it may feel as if it's devastating. But while you are still here on this earth, God has still an assignment for you to fulfill. You need to find your solitary time to, and just get still away with the Lord. Still away with him. Y'all will be surprised if you really did that the way you need to do it. Some that The healing, the manifestation of healing will totally, totally overcompensate your body. The power, the power of, of discernment and wisdom. You really want to, let me tell you something. You, oh, I got to write the book. I got to write the book. You want to talk about great men and women of God? Lived with one. Lived with one. 44 years, lived with one. Whenever you all saw my father laying hands, sweating, this, that, and the other, after every one of those services, we would not see him for two to three weeks because he went away in prayer. So when you all was getting all that attention and all that anointing, I hope you got enough wherein it carried you so that you can replicate what you saw. When y'all was seeing all of that, that was because he had spent solitaire time with the Lord. My mom, my siblings, sometimes we wouldn't see him because he was shut away. We He had a prayer room 
We had a prayer room in our house and he would lock himself in that prayer room, fasting, praying, reading the word of God, wouldn't come out. So two, three weeks on end. And I tell you, when he came out, boom, God will use him again. I'll be honest with you. Being young like that, because I enjoyed being with my father. I love my, I had good times and good memories with my father. Sometimes I would get sad because I knew after one of those Tuesday night delivering services, I wasn't going to be able to see him and laugh and play with him and go to the park and do those fun things because he had sacrificed himself to be a living sacrifice. He sacrificed and he was still away. Solitaire time with the Lord. Let me tell you something. If you want it, you got to work for it and you got to pray without ceasing. I'm so sick and tired of people saying, oh, I wish we go back. Oh, I wish we had missed days. Like you wouldn't miss it if you get in your prayer closet. Get somewhere and pray. Stop waiting for somebody else. And you get in your prayer closet. Getting your still away with the Lord. Spend time with him. See, but everybody's not willing to sacrifice that. Everybody can't do it. Everybody, yeah, everybody look like oh, everybody want to get a microphone, hold it. <laughs> no, sweetie, that anybody could do that. We, you are literally, you can train a frog and a dog to do that. But the anointing, you will have to put some time in prayer. The anointing, you will have to study the word of God. The anointing, the true anointing, you will have to fast and seek the face of the Father. Oh, I'm gonna write the book. It's in progress. I'm gonna write the book. All right, all right. Calm your spirit. When you go to God, that daybreak time, he will calm your spirit. He will stifle your worries better yet. He will give. You, you are able to give all that over to the Lord. Cast all my cares upon him, knowing that he cared for me. A day started with prayer as a day begun, handling over your fears to God for his control. What does Peter say? To the persecuted church, First Peter 5 and 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We don't have to be anxious for anything. We don't have to worry about anything because when we cast our cares upon him, God's going to hand, he's going to give us a calmness in our spirit. We have to be able to take off anxiety just like we take off our pajamas. Honestly, you got to peel that off and say, nope. And we have to put on the fruit of the spirit. Just like that's our garments to go out as we work in this world. I got to put on the fruit of the spirit. I have to make sure I have these things cover me so that I can sustain and so that I can remain calm. If you always, if somebody driving the car, they ride by you, you getting mad at that. Somebody look at you and say, why are you looking at me like that? Somebody say good morning. Some people go, mm, they don't even say good morning back. You need to pray because when you pray, the Holy Spirit going to give you those, the fruit of the spirit. So that you can have a calm spirit where things will not agitate you. Galatians 5, Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Somebody say self-control, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There's no law against the, uh, those things, the, those spirit of love, joy, peace. Or, there's no law against kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law that says you shouldn't be like that. There's no law that says you're going to lock up, be locked up if you present yourself in those ways. Those things are there for us to maintain our stability so that we are not all over the place. If you are over the place, you need to get yourself together. What do you need to do? Get in prayer. Start talking with the Father. 
Stop talking. Start talking. Start talking. Start talking to him. Lord, I, I need you to help me. I, I got a bad temper. Oh, that's an ugly thing when a believer has a bad temper. Stop that. Stop that. I mean, because guess what? You get on somebody's nerves too. We all, the nicest person can get on somebody's nerve. You know who who nerves the nicest person get on? Somebody who's not praying. Because if you're a nice person and you got the spirit of God in you, another nice person shouldn't get on your nerves, right? But even the nicest person will get on somebody's nerves. So what makes you think that you just can have a temper and just go off whenever you want? Okay, ask God to help you. Lord, help me with this. Help me, Lord. I don't want to be like this. Once again, you got to bear the fruit of the spirit. Bear the fruits of the spirit. As believers, that should be our character. We should have a calm spirit. We should have a calm spirit. And number five. Nature brings us in tune with God's spirit and presence. And I always say this, that it's important that we connect with nature. God created this world with everything in Adam and Eve. They didn't have to want for anything. And today God has created the sceneries, the the sky, the, the moon, the stars, the sun. He's created all of those things for us to enjoy. Trees, the grass, even when it snows outside. Even when things get iced over, if you've ever been outside, staying out on your porch, when it's, uh, when, you know, a, a couple of days ago, the temperature dropped and every, it rained and then everything froze over. Oh, it looked like a crystal paradise. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me get some water. Hold on. It looked like a crystal paradise outside. It was so beautiful. But sometimes, you know what we do? Sometimes we get so, um, into ourselves that we'll, Lock ourselves in our homes and we won't even go outside. Ask yourself honestly, how many times have you seen the sun rise, let alone the sunset? Give your, yourself the opportunity to experience those things because through nature, God will speak to you. How many of you have ever just, you know, uh, on a nice and clear summer night, went outside and looked up at the stars? Take time to appreciate the things that God created in nature, because these things, they pull us in once again to connect with him. Nature is a beautiful thing. God created it. The fullness thereof for each and every one of us. Sit by the water sometimes when it when it's when it starts, even uh, while it's cold. If you have the opportunity to sit somewhere where there's like a, a lake or a pond or just to be outside, just to breathe fresh air. It does something to connect us with our Heavenly Father. I just really hope and pray that you receive something out out of the word on tonight so that you can have a better understanding of, of why God wants us to be connected, why he wants to have that conversation with us, why it's important to get up sometimes early in the morning and have that time, that uninterrupted time. Making solitaire time with the Lord is so important. Psalms 8, last scripture, Psalms 8, 3 through 4. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. That's what nature does. It's a nature brings us into 
understanding the romance that God has with us. God is romantic. Don't tell me he not, he's not. Because when I look at a full moon, I say, look at my God. Oh, you all ever see when the moon seems so close, like you can, it feels like you can just reach out and touch it. To me, that's just, oh, it's a beautiful thing. If you've ever gone to the beach at night and you've seen um, the waves, they just billow up and they come ashore and you just, that's, to, it's so soothing. It's, it's a romance with the Heavenly Father. Communication with the Heavenly Father is lovely. He romances us. Look how the song was written. What I consider, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. That song within itself, that's a romantic song. That the way that it was written, David, when he wrote that song, when he considered those things, he just was amazed at God. And then he had to think, you did all of that and yet you still consider me? Little old me? Let me tell you something. What a mighty God we serve. Try your best to set yourselves in a place where you can study the word of God fast and most of all, pray and communicate with him early in the morning. Now, like I said, I know everybody's schedule is different. So whatever your day break is or before that day, make sure you just spend that solitaire time with the Lord so that he can speak to you. So that you can build your relationship up stronger. And so that you can enjoy knowing that you are speaking with the best person that has a great concern for you. I do pray that the Lord bless you on tonight, that you receive something from his word. I hope you wrote the scriptures down and I hope that you go back in prayer and you meditate on those scriptures. Let the Lord give you a personal divine revelation that will meet you where you need to be met. Until we meet or speak again, my prayer is that the blessing of the Lord continue to make you rich, adding no sorrow to it. God bless you. Love you, family.